The real lessons are learned from failure. That philosophy is the inspiration as well as the theme for this podcast series. For almost every spectacular success, there is a story of spectacular failure. We will meet week by week to interview incredible entrepreneurs from around the world. We will take a peek inside how each one of our guests met with failure, how they reacted to it, and how they eventually overcame it. We will learn why these things happen, hopefully avoid them, and grow as these entrepreneurs have grown from their own unfortunate experiences. Welcome to the Worst Deal Ever Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vicky Virtual Receptionist. We make you look good on the phone. We are also sponsored by Kira Virtual Assistance. You need stuff done? Let Kira help. For more information about Vicky Virtual and Kira Virtual Assistance, please visit the link provided on our website at theworstdealpodcast.com. For our inaugural episode, we sit down with the owner of Mosaic Fine Salon in Scottsdale, Arizona, Robert Norberchuk. Robert and his wife Karina purchased a struggling spa in April 2014, which was doing 6500 in revenue and losing $8,000 a month, and turned it into a profitable business, now generating upwards of $70,000 a month in revenue. I really don't want to give too much away about what you're going to listen to shortly, but Robert has been able to deal with problem after problem and still come out ahead. I'm really glad he sat down with us, and I'm really excited for you to hear his story for yourself. So let's welcome Robert Norbertchuk. Really excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Donald. Thank you for having me for your first episode. I'm super excited to be on today. Yeah, yes. Uh, you know, uh, Robert and I are two of five founders of a new Facebook group called Service Business Hustlers. So. Uh, over the next several years, we're really going to have a <laughs> pretty interesting relationship, I think. Uh, but so, you know, I'm, I'm extra excited to have you on today for that reason as well. Yeah, it's a great start. Uh, in the first, what is it, the first couple of days, we've already gotten up to about 120 members. Uh, we launched Service Business Hustlers with the number two or number three all-time post on small business using the same strategies, discussing the same strategies that I use for AdWords for Maya Media. So Service Business Hustlers is definitely going to be an exciting adventure for us. Yeah, and I'm excited about that post as, as you are. Well, almost excited because you wrote it, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely pretty cool. All right, so uh, first let's, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, your, uh, your entrepreneurial career. Um, obviously, you've done some great things with Mosaic, but, uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about it. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll rewind a few more years before that. That's where I think it really started. My father was always an entrepreneur, and as such, his, his whole family and all of his friends were always entrepreneurs. Birds of a feather, feather flock together. And so my whole life, I've always wanted to be a business owner. Since I've been 16, I, I've been learning, reading. I mean, anything I could grab my hands on, I've been trying to become a business owner. And I tried once when I was 21, failed miserably. Um, my wife made me promise to her that I'll never think of it again. And so I went into sales, and I was a rock star at sales. Uh, every company I went to, I was always top 5%, uh, exceeding all goals, everything like that. And in uh, October of 2012, the writing was on the wall for me at least. Um, the company I was working for, a company that I was invested for three years with them as a salesperson, it was a competitor to Groupon, they, they were diminishing, and it, the writing was on the wall, and I, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know what day it was going to come. And I got the phone call on Thursday, 
And uh, my wife happened to be on vacation in Germany visiting her mother, and I got a phone call, you know, uh, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm the vice president of human resources. Uh, it's with uh, deep condolences that I have to tell you that we have to part ways. Uh, it's been a wonderful three years. And so I had a rude awakening. It was uh, 2012, and I, I was out of shock. I mean, this is, you know, I grew with this company. I went from just a nobody 23-year-old to a regional sales manager, and my wife was coming home on Saturday. She comes home on Saturday, and she's she's like, you know what, honey, don't worry about it. We're gonna do great. Uh, we always lived frugally, so we only needed her her income to survive at least temporarily. And so she's like, you know what, just figure out what you want to do. Um, we'll survive on mine. Take a couple weeks off, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know what, we'll take some time. And that was on Saturday. And on Monday morning, she, she drives to work, and. 15 minutes and I, and I drove her to work that day uh 15 minutes after she gets into work she calls me she goes hey can you come pick me up and i'm like what's going on she's like you won't believe it and i go what do you mean i won't believe it she goes they fired me unbelievable <laughs> yeah so i literally got in my car drove back picked her up she's walking down the street and i'll never forget this image she's walking down the street she's holding her box in her office she was an assisted living manager um so within 72 hours, we went from making a combined 125,000 a year middle life. I mean, you talk about it. We were living the dream of middle income, middle class, right. middle management jobs, two brand new cars, brand new house, starting a family. We were living the dream, and within 72 hours, everything disappeared just like that. Wow. And uh, I mean, I picked up a couple side jobs of sales. I, I could always sell myself any job I wanted. So over the next couple months, uh, I actually started just picking up random jobs and my wife and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? Why are we working for somebody and letting them control our destiny? We're hustlers. We want to make money. We want to earn. And right at the same time, uh, Rohan local case study came out with maids in black. Mm. So we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, why, why don't we try house cleaning? It's a, it's a low cost startup. Uh, I, my life was marketing. So I was like, I can figure out how to market a business. I, I mean, I did Groupon sales and things like that. So I could probably figure that all out. And, uh, for the next thousand March of 2013 and we launched my, uh, made to polish. So that was our first real business that we launched. Um, and we ran that for about eight months, uh, with moderate success. It wasn't anything to write home about. Um, we were paying the bills, we were supporting ourselves, but we were making one big mistake, and um, we were growing. We weren't working on the business. We were working in the business, and mm. it's one of the mistakes most entrepreneurs make when they first get started. Yeah. And uh, and so it comes about late August, late, late September. It's 120 in Phoenix. We're doing this move-out clean, and we run into this really frugal customer. And this frugal customer, he was a financial advisor. He was moving out. He, his wife was pregnant, didn't want to pay for a deep clean. We, I felt bad. She was pregnant. She thought he paid for it. So I even went above and beyond, and I did like half of a deep clean. And the guy calls back and goes, you didn't do a full deep clean. He starts arguing with me. And I'm like, guy, I just cleaned your house in 110 degree. You had no AC turned on, and I did you a favor. And he went and still put a stop payment on the check. Oh, and wow. Yeah, and I and I just lost it that day. I literally just was like, I'm done. I can't do house cleaning anymore. I've been slaving away for three months in 120 degree weather. I'm just done with this. Um, and so my wife kept doing it, and at the same time, I was I had a really good mentor for AdWords, so he was teaching me how to do lead generation. 
So I started trying to do a little bit of advertising on the side and I started a lead gen company, ended up losing about $1,000 because it turns out uh, some people aren't reliable with how they pay. So uh -huh. when you're doing lead gen through AdWords, you've got hard costs and if they're not paying, you end up being cost. And that was about November of 2013. My wife decided to go to, to Germany for two months just to unwind, relax. You know, we were stressed out. We didn't know what to do, whether to go back to work or not. We were, uh, we were down to probably about six or seven months worth of savings. And, uh, and we, we were really contemplating what to do. So she went to Germany for two months. I did this advertising. It did okay. My grandmother actually helped support the family at the time, the house and the stuff like that. She was retired. So she used some of her savings to support us. And uh, since my wife is in Poland, um, that's why. But she comes back and we're sitting there. We're like, well, what do we do? And she's like, I think I want to go to school for aesthetics. And I'm like, okay. She goes, and I'm like, well, why don't we look at maybe buying a business? And that's where Mosaic comes in. So right when she came back, it was about January, February, and we're looking at listings, and here's this day spa. It's on, it's on the market, and it's on the market for about $35,000. The location is prime. It's in one of the more affluent uh, places. It's about 1,100 square feet. I'm like, what's wrong? So we, yeah. uh, we called the business broker, and we set up a meeting. It's a really cute two-room two uh, studio. It uh, It's well received no no bad branding marks and we start looking at it and we we made an offer on it um the really scary part about this is and i guess i'm probably a little bit of a gambler i would say in life um the business was they were asking thirty five thousand dollars there was about fifteen thousand in inventory uh it was losing according to the documents and accounting eight thousand dollars a month wow Nobody wanted to touch this business. They were freaked out. It was losing eight thousand dollars a month. You know, I, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure I would be able to take that sort of a, a gamble. That's uh, that's actually commendable. <laughs> but here's the thing: when you sat down and actually looked at the numbers, it, it had one esthetician and it had a receptionist that they were paying twenty five hundred a month. It had a office manager who was the owner's daughter who was getting paid twenty five hundred a month, and there's only one employee there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And of course, I didn't tell the, the owner of this. I'm like, wait a minute, you're spending five grand a month to take incoming calls? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, okay, right off the bat, we can take the eight grand, cut off the five, we'll be down to three. Um, I looked at the accounting again, and there's like $1,000 for Yodel, $1,000 for professional fees. I'm like, why are you spending $1,000 a month on a lawyer and accountant when you don't even bring in 6000 a month? So I'm like, okay, there's another two grand. So that really means this business is actually losing just a thousand dollars. And I was like, you know what? A thousand dollars on a poorly run business with a decent lease in a really affluent location with no bad reputation that has a, a track record, I could probably flip this. Um, so I lowballed the offer. We ended up buying it for about twenty-eight thousand five hundred, um, and we took it over. That was March two thousand fourteen. Uh, from there, uh, the first month, like I predicted, um, they hadn't done any email marketing. They haven't done any AdWords. They haven't. They weren't even answering the phones well. Um, so within the first month, I mean, I, my jaw dropped. The first so the first day I walk in and I'm like, this shouldn't be that bad of a, a problem, you know, flipping this business. And I walk in and I open up the calendar and I and I don't know why I didn't look at the calendar when I bought it, but when I walk in, I go, okay, great. So what do we have coming in revenue wise today? And I open the schedule and there's three appointments. 
not not for the day. There's three appointments on the books, period. One wow. for tomorrow and two for next week. And I'm like, wait, what did I just get myself into? And so – but they hadn't done any email marketing. They haven't done any of the basics that every business owner should do. And so right off the bat, I sent out an email promotion. I got on to AdWords, started building AdWords. I did some Facebook promotions. Uh, I mean I was as aggressive as I could be in the first six months. Mm -hmm. uh, the really cool thing about the business was that for the last 12 months – actually for the last 10 years. The business existed for 10 years. There was probably about 5,000 folders of existing clients that – there was not to put it into a computer. There was no data on them. But they were clients that had been in the spa. There were people that spent money. Mm. So I literally would just sit there and start dialing for dollars, calling these old customers. Hey, come back. Try Mosaic. We're under new management. Um, and that really was the first six months. It was just hard grit, pound to the ground, old school marketing. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that sometimes. And it uh, really can be the difference maker. It's good that you had that. So, I mean, ultimately, that's why I, I didn't mind taking a gamble. There was a lot of valuables and intangibles. Um, and, and I'm leading up to – because the Warriors Deal podcast, so I'm, I'm going to lead into what, how this all leads into each other. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we signed – when we signed – took over the business, we did an asset purchase. And when we do an asset purchase, you don't take any of the liabilities. And in order to get the lease, we needed to uh, – the previous owner needed to admit that he was actually still going to hold financial – liability of it so we're uh -huh. growing um this is a little bit backstory so we're growing the business here's coming uh we're now in somewhere in about november we're about seven months into the business we're realizing that the biggest thing that's holding us back is we're actually running out of rooms on big days so it's like a restaurant if you don't have enough tables to turn over on a saturday that's your biggest holdback saturdays you should be making a lot of money and we weren't because we only had two rooms so we couldn't flip these rooms fast enough Mm -hmm. So we're, we're thinking about expanding into the suite next door. We're thinking about a couple other things. I reach out to my landlord and I say, hey, what's going on? You know, What's the rate going to be? Our lease was expiring in uh, April and they didn't want to talk to me because they knew that they were going to increase our rate from $24 a square foot up to $36 a square foot. They didn't want to tell me that though, not for the longest time. It's a big jump. <laughs> Yeah, so instead of paying uh, 2500 a month in rent, they wanted me to go up to like 37 or 4200 And they uh, – so they wouldn't even discuss it with me. So I started looking for other places, and I found this old gem of a building that used to have a spa and a salon for another uh, another business that disappeared. Okay, so, so the infrastructure was there. Yeah, it was a full build-out. Everything was what we needed. It was a much larger space than we needed, but the rate we got – if I looked at it, it wasn't too bad of a jump. So we would have either renewed our rate at eleven on the eleven hundred square foot business and be paying about four thousand, or get almost four thousand square feet, but not at four times the cost. It would have been only like two times the cost. Um, and we needed the room, so we jumped full steam ahead. We jumped into this new location. The new location today has uh, over the last. Two years, we've modified it and made it so it looks ours and feels ours and our styling and our and we've adapted the rooms so it fits what we need. So today, we've got actually 10 rooms operating. Uh, we easily have the potential to do about three to four million dollars gross revenue in this location alone, um, just because of the volume that it can handle. Um, 
along with this expansion, we actually have created a very unique concept that is very well received in community because when you, when you're looking at massages, there's essentially only two places you can go to either like a massage envy, which is strictly you come get your massage, you leave, or you go to a resort, which is really costly, but you get to relax and you have the amenities. And with the extra square footage here, we've created what I like to call an urban day spa. It's not a, it's not a massage envy. It's not a resort spa. We're right in that middle. So we charge a little bit more than massage envy, but you have places to relax but at the same time, we're not charging the prices of a high-end resort because we don't have the full amenities they do. Um, so we do a lot of packages, a lot of treatments, and a lot of relaxations. Okay. And when we – go ahead. Well, listen, um, you know, I, I, I understand uh, as you were growing this, uh, you also utilized Groupon a lot in your early marketing efforts. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was very vital to, for us to grow – in the first few months, it's it's Groupon is a great way to expose your brand. If your brand is on point and you know how to retain customers, but you just don't have the customers coming in and you don't have the funds to drop a thousand dollars a month onto AdWords, mm -hmm. Groupon's a great way to go. Uh, we would we sold a thousand vouchers uh, over the course of six months on Groupon. From that thousand, we had about two hundred and fifty customers come back for a second or third visit and. I have a couple clients who have now been in 60 plus times since we've since we launched Groupon, um, so the, they're they're loyal as long as you know how to retain them. Yeah, well that's good. Okay, well um, that's awesome. Uh, I, I, it was clearly a good idea to switch bases. Uh, however, I was told earlier that uh, going into that new space is what led you into uh, your worst ever. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> worst ever deal that I never knew about. Uh, so to gamble and to move into the space, we needed to. We were short fund. We were short stacked. We were sitting at a poker table that we shouldn't be sitting at, and we had to basically take a gamble. And their gamble was that we weren't going to pay the last two months of the old space, and we were going to buy ourselves time with that six thousand dollars or seven thousand dollars we were saving. Okay. And which was fine. I, I knew it was a gamble and I knew there might be some fees, but for me paying those fees wouldn't be that bad. You know, I figured a thousand dollars at the end of a seven thousand dollar loan, I would guess to say, you can call it like that, um, wouldn't be that bad because the seven thousand dollars was gonna be more valuable to me. So we moved in here in February of two thousand and fifteen and somewhere in around October of two thousand fifteen, their lawyers started going, Hey, you owe us money, you owe us $14,000. I'm like, what do you mean $14,000? I owe you seven. They're like, no. And they show me the lease. And I'm like, yeah, I know. The lease shows that we, it was supposed to be five years, five months from this date, November 2009, which would put it at April 2015. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yes, but you're missing this estoppel. And I go, what's an, what's, what, what estoppel? And he's going, the second to previous owners, not the ones I bought it from, but the ones before that, signed an estoppel when we changed over ownership of the building. They extended the lease an additional three months. Mm. And I'm going, okay, but you've never provided me this document. So we're going back and forth, and he's, he's, he's telling me that uh, – he's telling me how I'm wrong and all this stuff, and all of a sudden it goes quiet. I mean, it, we're, we're probably now somewhere in about February of 2016, 
He goes completely quiet. We've been arguing back and forth, and I'm telling him that he's never provided me this document. He's never given me this document, and there's no way I should be held responsible. He's acting like a lawyer telling me that I'm not a lawyer, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. And here comes May 2016, and I think this has to be the most traumatizing week of my business career. So, so, so in between, just to be clear, in between there were three months of silence. Three months of pure silence. Wow. So I figured, hey, there's there's nothing wrong. Um, you know, everything is fine. They realized that they were wrong. I'm again. I've now I'm about a, about 14 months that I've owned them seven thousand dollars. That what I believe, even though they arguing 14. Right. So here comes May. We're in the middle of our peak season, and in our busiest month, I walk in at about seven in the morning, and I hear some water running, and I'm literally I'm getting chills thinking about that sound because it's just. It's just the most gut-wrenching feeling I've ever had in my life. I walk in, and I hear the water running, and I'm like, what employee forgot to turn off the faucet? Why has the water been running all day? Right. And then I realized I was the last one to leave, and the water wasn't running. And my spa is an L, so I'm, I'm taking the t- turn, and I see six inches of a pond just sitting where all my rooms are. Wow. And I just look and I just start shaking. I like I literally have no idea what's going on. I hear water running and I'm running into the back. I'm checking each room and one of the faucets in the middle of the night exploded. Wow. So we're now under six inches of water. How, how did that even happen in Arizona? You would think it wouldn't get cold enough. That's it just the, pi- the pipe rusted. The pipe was 25 years old and it just rusted through. Mm. Wow. You know, hard water, calcium buildup, it just snapped open in the middle of the night. And um, and so I call my insurance agent, and he says, yeah, I'm going to be on my way. I'll be there within an hour. Um, we ended up having about $47,000 in damages. We had to be closed for three weeks. Um, it wow. was one of the gut, most gut-wrenching experiences I've ever had in my life and with a business. Like, here you are. You've doubled your growth. You're in the middle of your peak season. You're, you feel like you're rocking. You're on the king of the world. I mean, I was on pace to do 40000 at that time, which for me was huge because it was only two years. And here I am, like, crushing it. And all my momentum, everything I've worked for for two and a half years just falls apart. I mean, that's literally what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. That's one hell of a uh, – there's uh, setbacks and then there's setbacks. This is the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call my insurance agent. He says he's on his way. And I see a guy walking through my front door, and I'm like, hey, you must be my insurance agent. And he goes, you must be Robert. And I go, yeah. He goes, you've been served. Wow. So here I am dealing with $47,000 in my spa closing, and at the same time I'm being served. And it's being served for the $14,000 that we were arguing for. Wow. But when when I told (laughs) you that the previous owner was – the also liable that's ultimately why everything went quiet this this leasing agent the landlords decided that they're they don't want to deal with me and i probably know too much about how to argue um so they went to the previous owner and the previous owner you know he didn't want to deal with it so he talked to his lawyer and his lawyer says yeah you're fine what you're going to do is you're going to pay them off you're not going to argue with them and you're going to flip it around and sue uh robert and karina for the damages because it's their fault that they didn't fulfill their lease as they were supposed to. Yeah, that's amazing. I couldn't imagine worse timing. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, and it gets even better at the same time, 
on a personal matter, that night we come home and there's somebody knocking on our door and I'm like, okay, we're getting served again. I guess Karina's going to get served um, <laughs> to, to get, to, as a joke. And sure enough, we actually got served twice in one day um, because our architect for our personal property decided to sue us. Um, so literally within 24 hours, I had $47,000 in damages. I got a lawsuit for $14,000 and I got a lawsuit from an architect all within 24 hours. And I'm just going, really? Like, could you throw anything else at me right now? Yeah, um, I I think that's uh, that's crazy. Um, that's that's unreal. It it that's uh, I can't even imagine. That. I'm I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was too. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I was too. I definitely um, enjoyed some alcohol uh, numerous times that night. Um, so moving forward, though, what ended up happening is. I had no case against the previous owner. The previous owner completely had a slam dunk case because when you look at it, he paid $14,000 to the landlord and that $14,000 was my fault because I didn't pay. And so my lawyer is like, you're not going to win this case against this, this, this guy. And he goes, your only hope is you will have to pay them the $14,000 and then we're going to have to go file a lawsuit against the landlord that the, the original claim that they paid was fraudulent and you're going to have to fight the landlord to actually win it back. And I'm like, okay, now this sounds plus, really – Plus awful. legal fees, of course. Of course. So what ultimately – like, I'm like, so what's our chances? And we basically – our lawyer looked at the lease and he's like – so in theory, you're absolutely correct. The estoppel was never given to you. The estoppel was never mentioned. You have no legal liability of paying those two months. Right. You are responsible for the $7,000, but you're not responsible for the fourteen. And ultimately, we what ended up happening is we had to pay off the, the previous owner. So we paid him. We, we, we sat down and we figured it out and – we try to use that argument against the previous owner, like, hey, like you had no right paying this fee. You should have called us. You we were negotiating with them. Like you absolutely had no right. Their lawyer kind of stood ground. We went back and forth for another four months. Um and ultimately we just actually just negotiated a deal and our lawyer basically told us, Look, this is the best you're gonna do. You're gonna get within three, four thousand dollars of paying what you were supposed to pay just split the difference with this guy you're not going to win against the landlord or if you are going to win it it's going to be a really costly adventure um who based on the lease that i'm reading you're it's a 50 50 shot right so you ended up settling we ended up settling and we had nothing to do the uh basically we had to pay bruce um, what he was owed, uh, we, we got a little bit of negotiation out of it. Um, the really cool part was that he actually was cool and let us pay in installments. Um, so it, it wasn't horrible, but the biggest learning lesson about all of this is anytime you're getting into any lease, you need your lawyers to review it. You know, my lawyer, and I, and I won't forget what he told me. He goes, this contract was written with such ambiguity mm. that even if you took them to court, even that you have a slammed on case, you can't prove it because there's one clause in there that said this lease is to run – this lease is to last approximately five years, five months starting on or around November 11th. Well, 
did it give a year? November 11, 2009. Okay. But the problem is, is approximately five years, five months. Well, on the scale of 65 months, 65 months is approximately 67 as well. Um, right. So not only would I have to prove that the estoppel was wrong, I would then have to prove that the contract actually started on November 11th. And on top of that, they never executed the document of when they actually took the keys. So there's no proof when the lease actually started. Um, wow. Had I had a lawyer, I would have had this all figured out before, and I would never have this issue of losing you know, $5,000. And again, this is all happening after the flood. So now I'm in the middle of my off season where I have no funds and I have to now come up with $14,000 or thankfully the guy settled. But, um, so at the whole entire time I'm freaking out, what am I going to do? Wow. And, and what happened with the flood? So the flood took about three weeks to rebuild. Um, they, it, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise because we were kind of evolving the space as we were growing. The three weeks actually allowed us to put in brand new carpets, put in brand new paint, put in brand new baseboards, mm. uh, put in brand new floors, make all the rooms identical. Because as we were changing these rooms, each room had a new set of flooring, new set of carpet. Um, so in reality though, um, the, the flood was a blessing because it really took our spa to the next level as we got that brand new design, the brand new feel, uh, everything modern and contemporary, and it just elevated the spa. Right, so you could revamp the whole space, make it one, coordinate. <laughs> and it was on insurance time. Right, that's always good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a, that is an amazing story. Um, uh, you know, if you were to break down your lesson learned from, uh, from that terrible situation, what would it be? I think ultimately, and this is a minor example of how a landlord tenant uh, can go bad. Um, in this new location, we have some problems going on, and anytime you're getting into business, I know it sounds costly and scary, and it, it might cost you a thousand to two thousand um, dollars. But a lawyer reviewing a really good business lawyer to review your lease is absolutely beneficial, and it should never be passed up. Um, it might sound scary, but at the end of the day, like with this new location, we signed a five-year lease. So we're responsible for 60 months of rent, mm -hmm. which is somewhere in the range of about a half a million dollars. So when we signed this lease, we were guaranteeing a half a million dollars of payments. And for us not to use a lawyer to review that document is absolutely foolish. Um, because there's so many things that can go wrong in a five-year lease where you're 100% guaranteed for it. When you, Whenever you sign a lease – you're almost always signing away everything and you're going to pay in full um, and they have the right to come after you if you don't pay in full. Uh, so if you don't have your lawyer review it, there's so many things that can go wrong. Um, I'll give you a, a really quick different example. Um, in our shopping center, we have a lot of competitors and one of the competitors got a non-compete that wasn't actually enforceable. And so she ended up feeling that the landlord screwed her. If a lawyer had reviewed it for her, um, she would have been much more protected. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why, and, and, it, and it affected her business. So it might cost you a thousand or two thousand dollars up front to spend for that lawyer to review it, but when you're dealing with a half a million dollars of guaranteed payments, you're an absolute, absolutely should, without any question in your mind, 
pay that lawyer to review it and make sure there's no gotchas in there. Right. Yeah. That makes a tremendous amount of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it can sometimes be difficult to uh, upfront, you know, justify those types of expenses, especially, you know, when uh, when your uh, your capital you is, is light going into it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, in, wow. Even when we're switching from locations, you know, we're still short stacked. So you look at a bill and you're like, Jesus, where am I going to pay $2,000 for a lawyer to review this document? What can go wrong? You know what? I'll just have my I'll have my friend. He understands law. He, he'll read it. And there's so many things that you don't think about until you actually have gone through it um, with a lease. You know, what if your neighbors are too loud? What if your neighbor causes damages onto you? What if the property all of a sudden becomes a biohazard or what if the property uh, becomes a dud? Let's say two of the major tenants move out. That happens all the time. Like, And that's going to kill your business. Well, a lawyer will help you actually think about all these clauses so you're actually protected. There's right. so many things that can go wrong with a physical location business that if you don't have the best written lease in place, you are setting yourself up for a potential disaster and you're literally gambling your life on your landlord's contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting your entire business on the line. And I'll be honest, I've, I've been uh, not the victim, but, uh, you know, I have uh, I have gone into uh, having contracts signed and and, uh, and executed, so to speak, without having a lawyer look over them. And so far, I've been lucky, but hearing a story like this, it, uh, it makes you really need to second guess and, and make sure that everything's ironclad. Exactly. And there, there's just so much that, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is um, slave away five years. And uh, even even the simplest thing, like say I'm here with Mosaic for five years, I've built this brand up, our location is perfect. And you didn't write your option to renew and your lawyer didn't protect you for future growth. Now you come here after five years of blood, sweat and tears of growing a business you're up to a million dollars, two million dollars a year. You go to renew, and the landlord goes, "You know what? I think I shouldn't be charging you twenty dollars a square foot. I think you should be paying thirty-five dollars a square foot." Right. And now all of a sudden, you have to make a decision whether a twenty, sixty percent increase in your rent is worthy of staying in the location, or are you going to go through the headache again? And he knows that. So if you didn't protect yourself from the beginning, you're setting yourself up for potential problems in the future. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, there's certain things that probably can't be avoided. Uh, no. You know, you hear in every city the the neighborhood joint that was around for a hundred years and suddenly closing down because the landlords are, are punks. Yeah, whatever protections you can put in place is, is extremely important. It's worth every penny, and I and from now on, whenever I sign any lease, I know I'm gonna have at least a professional review it because there's just too much on the line, like. If you're dipping into your life savings like we, we did and we, we dug deep as hard as we could dig deep, the last thing you want to do is have something outside of your forces destroy you. Right. Well, uh, again, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I think this was a, a great story. I'm, I'm really glad that we had you on for this first episode. Um, you know, I think there's a, a lot that can be learned from the negatives in an entrepreneur's career. Um and uh, as I've been saying for a little while now, the real lessons are in the failures. Of course. Uh, and so, uh, Robert, I, I know that uh, you're pretty busy uh, helping run our Facebook group <laughs> and uh, Maya Media. So I'm going to gonna wrap up here. 
But uh, is there anything else you want to leave me with? Uh, maybe talk a little bit more about Maya Media. Maya Media is basically just the the. It's an ad agency that I started up because in the beginning of this year, I've had a couple companies ask me to do what I do for myself for them, and then I realized that a lot of companies that do do AdWords don't actually go all out and give everything that they're supposed to do to make a business successful. So I started the agency in June specifically for local small businesses that struggle with AdWords and we'll work with anybody on any budget because you can work with anybody on any budget. Um, the only question is, is whether the AdWords agency wants to work with them or not. And we started the agency simply because small businesses that are just starting up, small businesses that need that help, that can't, that don't know what to do and don't know how to do it. Um, they need these, this help. And so we launched it in June specifically for this, uh, for this reason. Okay. And yeah, you know, I'd like to say that we've been using, uh, Maya media ourselves. Uh, we're happy about the results. Um, in my case, I, I can't be an expert at everything. And when you're doing so many things, sometimes it's best to delegate. So, uh, feel free to, uh, to take a look at what he's got to offer, uh, Maya media, Io. And with that, again, uh, Robert, uh, thanks a lot for coming on. I uh, really appreciate having you. Your story is incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. It's and and it's uh, sure yeah, to be I'll on. catch you on the flip side. Yeah, it's been a super pleasure to be with you on today, Donald. We'll chat soon.